Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Alrighty. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get the hell out of Dodge. Cow Tombstone was a movie. Yeah, Val Kilmer's a person. Yep. I ran out of Cowboy very quickly. Uh Wyatt Earp. That was that was um that was a person and a film. Uh Unforgiven. Uh, the ridiculous six. 310 to Yuma. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep going. I love Westerns. <laughs> but that's just me. Hey, welcome back to the What Do You Got podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, we have had over like 80 downloads of our episodes, uh, most coming from episode four and episode five. So cool. we're getting better. Yay. <laughs> Improvements. Go us. <laughs> and go you guys for listening. Thanks for doing that, guys. I mean, I've downloaded it like 30 times myself. but uh, Why? Uh, you know, just to get our numbers up. But you know. <laughs> you know, though. No one else looks at you, the numbers. You now know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We told them we should tell them. Welcome to What Do You Got? Um, we are back with another episode. Uh, coming, As you can tell, because you, you clicked on this and you're listening to it. Coming coming not live from the Fritz Studio in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mm. We hope you've enjoyed what we've done so far. Let's do a little recap, Rob. Let's do a little recap. Oh, um, so well, let's, let's, you, know you what, and I, I met uh, <laughs> no, at no, no. this place called Cafe Diem. No, 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 not, not from the beginning. Universe. No, okay. no, no, no. That's so there too was far this back. show called Getting By. No, that's still too far back. Uh, so I live in this house on Fritz Street in Bloomfield. Well, and, I mean, uh, I lived there, lived there for, uh, <laughs> See, Jesus Christ, you're so fucking pathological. <laughs> All right, speaking of paths, um, let's do a quick recap of every episode. Like, in one sentence, tell me what each episode was about. Oh boy! I just want—I want to see how this goes. Well, the first one, fuck, Freddie Overstegen. It wasn't Straw. It was Freddie Overstegen. It was Freddie Overstegen <laughs> who sexed Nazis to death. Okay, Nazi sex. And then there episode was one. Yes, then there was a Straw Hat rides. Yep, fashion rides. Yes, episode that's two. Just people killing each other over hats. <laughs> that was actually my favorite. Three. I pitched this one. Yep. It was Blair Adams. Yep. Blair Adams, the mysterious de- yeah. death of Blair Adams. Yep. Missing Canadian boy. Yep. Uh, four. Oh, uh, the ridiculously lax standards of our <laughs> nuclear arsenal. <laughs> the nuked America, episode four. Five. Uh, <laughs> there were some sheep at the White House one time. Mm hmm. With Six. old Ike. This. Six. This one. <laughs> All right. So this is my last pick of the two. We go two back and forth. Um, so the next two are up to you, my man. Yeah, and they sure are. I've been having some trouble picking the good ones. Uh, I noticed. Yeah. These I, have been terrible. I, oh, <laughs> I contacted you like, last week, and I was like, I don't know what we're going to be able to do, but I got like three options, and I guess we'll go with this one. Yeah. So you know how I literally like keep track of like what we're looking at? 
No. I just go on the TIL subreddit. Oh, God. And just, like, look for articles or titles of those. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, TIL means Today I Learned. So it's just, like, weird stories. Yeah. So I just go on there, and I'm just like, oh, let me find something real quick to use. Uh, that's why I guess so many of yours are rooted in history. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so today we are talking about uh, the whitewashing of uh, the American West. Cowboys. Cowboys. But not yeah. the way they usually are in your brain, because <laughs> Hollywood is terrible. As, as always, article will be linked in the description of the episode. Uh, the title of this article is A History of Black Cowboys and the Myth that the West was White. So who better to do this as a podcast than two suburban white dudes? Uh, I'm a uh, 126th white. What? What also white. It's also white. It doesn't matter. It's all of it's white. It's 26 white. out of 26 yeah. <laughs> percent. It's all just white. Uh, this is actually a HuffPost article from uh, January of 2017. Again, it'll be linked. Um, pretty much what the article states, it's, it's actually a um, – the article itself is, is actually mainly about um, photographers who are actually doing a series of photos um, kind of uh, encompassing uh, – the, the Black West, um, because there is so much whitewashing around the Old West and almost every Western you'll see is mm -hmm. mainly either white cowboys or white cowboys and black slaves. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. So it was a really cool photo series they did. It, I, I don't think it was historical photos. I think it was guys dressed. Yeah, I think it was reenactments nowadays yeah. with with cool black and white photography, and it looked yeah. just badass. Yeah. Uh, so there's some really good oh. stuff in there. Well, that's perfect for on the air. <laughs> um, I want to see. Uh, I'm going to actually read one quote. Uh, one quoted paragraph okay. uh, from the article. Contrary to what the homogenous imagery depicted in uh, by Hollywood and history books would lead you to believe, cowboys of color have had a substantial presence on the Western frontier since the 1500s. In fact, the word cowboy is believed by some to have emerged as a derogatory term used to describe black cowhands. Um, the article goes on to just talk about the photographs that they've used and then the notable example of Bass Reeves. I'm going to get into him a little bit later. Bass. And I feel like you might too. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know how your I don't know how your pitch is going to go. Well, that's um, kind of the point of the show. I know. That's <laughs> it's like we don't know what each other has come up with. Um so, uh is there anything else you want to say about the article? I mean, again, a lot of the articles that we choose, they're they're really just like quick oversights of these things. Uh, yeah, and then we just start looking at other stuff yeah. and, and painting a larger picture. We try to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole to get a little bit more imagery and uh, come up with our own stories. Again, our our stories are fictional, but yeah. they're based on true stories. I think I think this one has a lot of potential just for the uh, being able to talk about how ridiculously mythologized uh, the Old West and the frontier was. Uh, not just in the modern day, but even at the time, we've never really had a, a good picture of what it was. It's all like these myths and archetypes of guys drawing their pistols out of their yeah. holsters at lightning speed, uh, which happened like once. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the, the first Western movie I ever saw was The Quick and the Dead. Which is a terrible film. And it might have been the first thing I saw DiCaprio in. 
and I fell in love. I was like, oh, look at the speed. Look at them flip those guns in the gun shop. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> you don't do that shit in a gunfight. Yeah, that's well, not a good idea. Yeah, people don't <laughs> tend to draw on each other. You just sort of run at each other shooting. The, that's what happens today. The only thing I had trouble believing in that movie was that Gene Hackman was the fastest gun in the West. But <laughs> It was like 55. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for another time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I I don't know what else to really say about this article. I, I know yeah. we wanted to get a little bit more in-depth into the speaking of the articles, but again... Yeah. It's it's a good spring point just for, you know, it's not just uh, not just having been mythologized as a time period, but now when you read this and you uh, you, you look at the period, definitely whitewashed and, mm-hmm. and made uh, more uh, digestible for certain audiences. It's all about portraying things to audiences. I remember reading... Uh, another piece about there was this town in uh, New Mexico or Arizona, I forget which, where uh, it was one of the stops on the new railroad that mm-hmm. was going transcontinental from the east all mm-hmm. the way out to the west to California. And people were really bummed coming from the east that there weren't like constant shootings in the streets of this town and bank robberies mm-hmm. and like like cowboys and duels and stuff. So the town actually started like staging these things. Oh, it's like Wild West City. <laughs> yeah, but like – Trying to make it so that the tourists didn't know, <laughs> but it was and it's they sold it. It's people were reading these dime novels of like you know quick draws and like oh there's no law out west. See that's it's everybody just robbing banks. That's sort of uh, yeah, it's like pulp. That's sort of mm-hmm. um, and people were disappointed to find that like no, they're just trying to get some water and not die. That's sort of a pitch <laughs> idea on its own. Yeah, this town that like makes. Crazy hijinks, like fake mm. robberies and fake cowboy shootouts and stuff. Oh, yeah. It, it very quickly becomes Blazing Saddles. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> With the fake um, town at the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we get into it? And uh, Rob, what do you got? You're supposed to go first because it's yours. Uh, oh, but, okay. do, we, do we do that? Is we've, that? We've been doing it every time, yes, but it's just fine. Well, you uh, didn't ask the question, so it's on you now. The onus I, was is on in, you. I was in the middle of talking about the mythologizing <laughs> the American West, but it's fine. We can do the thing. Uh, I mean, we should. So uh, first uh, I'll go through cast and crew. Um, uh, my director that I wanted to have do it was James Mangold. Uh, who directed one of my favorite modern westerns, 310 to Yuma. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, That's one of my favorites. Yeah, biopics like uh, Walk the Line, which is kind of a western in and of itself. Yeah. And uh, Copland, which was a cool one from the early 90s mm. with Stallone and Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but that, that one just recently popped up in an article on something. Copland? Yeah, I oh. think it was an article about like the coolest action, uh, the coolest '90s action you never saw, or something oh. like that. What do you call it an action movie? Maybe, maybe just, it wasn't just action, corruption but... and sad Sylvester Stallone, and he can't hear out of one ear. Uh, yeah, it's just Sylvester Stallone. Pete Berg falls off a building. It's great. Pete Berg needs to be recognized more. <laughs> He's happy director. Especially, I was going to say, especially as a director. Uh, like when he did Shooter, that movie was freaking awesome. Shooter was fun. The show's really good too, actually. Uh, speaking of which, included in my, my cast listing, I wanted to have Danny Glover. Nice. Who uh, wasn't Shooter. Is, nice. he, is so, he too old for this shit? I mean, he's been too old for this <laughs> shit for like 35 years now. Like, Mel Gibson was spry and young when <laughs> when Danny Glover was too old for this shit. And Danny and, Glover's getting more work than he and, is right now. And for our last episode, before the devil beard. <laughs> Christ, Mel. Calm the fuck down. Uh... Hacksaw Ridge was fun. So, um, yeah, Danny Glover, I wanted to have kind of be the the Obi-Wan of this story when we get into it. Uh, But my my main cast uh, would be uh, Winston Duke as our uh, male hero. Uh, Uh, Winston Duke, I know the name. Yeah, he was in Black Panther. I was just going to say, was he... uh, 
Uh, what was his name in Black Panther? He was Mbaku. The, yeah, he was yeah. Mbaku. He was yeah. the, the other leader of the, yeah, yeah, the other yeah. group, right? The, yeah. yeah, very, very strong guy. Uh, interesting thing. The character is known in Marvel Comics as Manape. Uh, who can like? Who, he turns into a gorilla, and then yes. they were like, "Let's not do Probably that with a black man." Do that in a movie. Yeah, let's, not do that with a black man. <laughs> let's just have that be the sigil of their tribe, and have it be you know an interesting leader who doesn't have to be a gorilla. <laughs> uh, so good on you, Marvel, for. <laughs> Doing what is essentially the bare minimum. In that because case. honestly, at that point, they probably would have just cast Scarlett Johansson again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, I like Winston Duke a lot, and I'm happy he's uh, he's uh, breaking out. Uh, interesting, I found about him. I thought he was American. He's actually from Trinidad and Tobago. Hmm. Uh, he's Trinidadian and Toboggan. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, once I saw it in the article, the way you're supposed to refer to people from that island is as uh, Trinbagonian. Interesting. Which, I was just referencing Seinfeld, but that's cool. Yeah, which <laughs> is a bizarre thing to call people. And then, uh, um, again, I'm dipping into Black Panther, but uh, I, I love Lupita Nyong'o a lot as an actress. It's and fantastic. Her, her breakout into Hollywood was as a, a, a viciously abused slave. And Steve McQueen's uh, yeah. 12, 12 years. In yeah. 12 years a slave, which she was fantastic in the role, and she deserves uh, every, every award she got for it. And she's fantastic, but I would also like to see her do something of that period where she doesn't have to be sexually assaulted by a slave owner <laughs> yeah. and, like, has some agency. So yeah. um, she had some cool action stuff in Black Panther, so I'd like to see her be kind of like a bounty hunter Yeah, um, in this. And she can handle it. She went She went to Yale. Her and, I, I always forget how to pronounce her name, but Michonne, Dene, Dene Oh, Dene Guerrero? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, from the one time I've actually heard it spoken loud. Yeah, yeah. She, the, the two of them are fantastic in, in yeah. Black Panther. Yeah. I love the two of them in that. That movie's such a celebration of all our wonderful black actors. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was my kind of trio that I was thinking for this is Danny Glover and Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, plot wise, um, I like westerns that are um, kind of a uh, this is a stupid pun that I just realized but I'm going to say it, kind of like a railroad plot okay. of like A to B. We have to get something from here to here. Whether that's three ten to Yuma, we got to get Russell Crowe to yep. the train to jail. Yeah, or whether it's City Slickers, which I also think is a great modern western, even though it takes place in, in the nineties, mm-hmm. which is we got to get the cattle from here to here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a travel journey. Yeah, because I, I find it more interesting to have character moments along a trail than to have a lot of action happening or a lot of B plots uh, coming into it. Um, so I, I, I was thinking about having it be a bounty hunter movie, um, and having Winston Duke be relatively new to the game. As like a oh, so were you thinking comedy? No, no, okay. no, no, just, no. He's just like the new one in the yeah. Okay, because you expect he's a huge dude. Um, yeah, he's and a have guy. him have been what a cowboy actually was, which is you know working with cows, driving right. cattle, yep. uh, and getting caught of caught up into this this thing of uh, Lupita and, and Danny Glover have been doing this a lot longer. Uh, and are much better than him at it, but kind of tracking a, a bounty. Uh, I was thinking about taking it more. Your traditional Western is like, you know, out on the, the beautiful red kind of plateaus of Utah mm-hmm. or in the desert or Django Unchained went to the south, so he called that a southern. I was thinking about taking it more north to like Dakota okay. and Wyoming and even up into the border with Canada and having there be more snow. Gotcha. Type of iconography. That's also something that's been coming up in like uh, the Hateful Eight. I was just going to say, um, Hateful Eight, yeah, yeah. which is a Blizzard Western. <laughs> but I like uh, it. Doesn't necessarily have to be eight feet of snow. But I mm-hmm. like. Uh, I think Dakota's underserved, and Wyoming is one of the most beautiful and 
well, the, the least populated state yeah. as well, I think. So there's still a lot of wilderness to and explore And the West there. was also... A different look. Yeah, the the Old West was also north to south. It wasn't just like... Yeah, it wasn't the, just Arizona. Yeah, it wasn't just right the next to the railroad. Was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, California Western also could be cool, uh, like in, in very early sort of Los Angeles, San Francisco area. But that's that's a different vibe. Yeah, that'd be um, interesting. They did a bit of that in Deadwood with San Francisco. Which I still have to watch that show. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> I love Deadwood. Everybody watch Deadwood. It's Timothy Oliphant, right? Yes. That was and, that um, was his breakup. And uh Ian McShane. Ian McShane, yeah. Uh and a lot of great actors who went on to be on things like uh Sons of Anarchy and Justified. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, so I was thinking about it ha- him having um maybe uh, not so much his cattle rustled, but like you know, his, uh, him uh, Winston Duke be, be robbed and left for dead by this this roving band of probably ex Confederates, almost like an outlaw Josie Wales, uh, ooh, okay, high plains drifter kind of thing, uh, who were obviously going to be a few years after the Civil War, yeah. but I think they're just kind of marauding uh, and having not stopped fighting since the war and have moved west and then into the north and are. Uh, that think they have this sort of ideological thing going on, but they're really just bandits. Because hmm. um, I, I like people who are so up their own asses that they think they're doing something important. Yeah. Like, we're not giving up. But I'm like, no, you're just robbing settlers, yeah. you fucking Yeah, we're asshole. rebels. You just murdered that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he has four kids. <laughs> he needed that. You, he might have like, given you the corn. Isn't that how we played Grand Theft Auto Anytime We would just murder someone. We'd go, we'd make up a story and be like, that guy had a wife and children. <laughs> Oh, God, call Craig's family. He's bleeding to death. Uh, yeah, but I needed his car. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a, a classic Western trope for me is yeah. kind of starting it with the hero being uh, uh, roped into it. And uh, like uh, Hang 'em High is, is a good one that mm. uh, Clint Eastwood is somebody who works with cattle and he's uh, you know, hanged by people who think he was wrestling and he's not and he comes back for revenge. Yeah, I recently uh, rewatched 310 to Yuma a couple months ago. I, mm-hmm. I have to say, it's. In my opinion, it might be the best Western of the 21st century. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of great facets to it, including uh, almost a queer subtext yeah. to uh, what happens between Ben Foster and Russell Crowe. Yeah. And the absolute, like he, the, the idolation that he has for Russell Crowe and, and getting him back uh, and the murder spree yeah. that happens because of it. it's it's a very Man, interesting subtext. That There's final shootout. Yeah, when Russell Crowe takes his guns back from Ben Foster and shoots him at the end of the film, spoilers, they, <laughs> they look at each other for a moment as, as Ben Foster is dying, and there is so much that is said in like that one look between those two characters. I'm like, that is acting. Oh, I love subtext like that. Westerns yeah. don't need words. Yeah, so that, that's kind of one thing is that Winston Duke is, is somebody who works with, with cattle, and he's, he's droving. Maybe he's, he's saved up, and he's finally bought his own herd, and he's droving him west. Uh, and he, he gets rustled and left for dead, and, and Lupita Nyong'o and Danny Glover are going after this this particular band, and he, he comes along, and yeah, I'm not sure where it would go from there, but that's kind of my initial starting point. Gotcha. Any, so, uh, any, any titles or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't have any titles as yet. I, I yep. had trouble coming up with them, too. Uh, something might pop into my head as we go along. Yeah, we'll, like, we'll make one up throughout the episode so that we can title Western, it. Titling <laughs> Westerns is hard because yeah. you get great titles like 310 to Yuma or High Plains Drifter yeah. or things like that. And then you just feel like such a schlub. Yeah, Because exactly. you're just like, quick, draw, McGraw, McGraw. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle, Barry, Hound. The, oh, the no. Fast, the fast guns of the, the, the Western cowboy times. Guns of... Napa Roan, that's a film. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I stutter over here. Uh, Guns of Napa Valley. <laughs> Nick, uh, what do you got? Cool. 
So uh, I went a little bit of a different route. I cast an all-white cast. <laughs> Oh, boy, the, the color just drained from my face and voluntarily. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, oh, boy. So as I was reading the article, I as I stated when we uh, initially started uh, this episode, uh, I was incredibly impressed by Bass Reeves. Um, it's a cool story. Yeah, so I, I did a little bit more digging on him, mm. um, mainly Wikipedia. Um, but Ooh, it's a deep dig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Went down the rabbit hole. Mm. Uh, did a little bit more digging on him. Learned a little bit about. So my movie is actually just about him. It's a you're biopic. gonna do a biopic. Yeah, of it's a biopic of... about him. Do you, do you want to uh, do a little bit of his, his life story then uh, to catch the audience up? Yeah, I, I have that. I yeah. have that all here. Okay. So uh, he was an Arkansas uh, slave. He was born into slavery. Okay. Um, uh, he was also brought into the Civil War by his slave owner. So I guess the mm-hmm. slave owner was obviously fighting with the Confederates, and he brought him with him uh, to fight. Now, there is... Yep. Um, it is not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it's not proven, mm-hmm. uh, but the the story goes that there was an altercation during a card game between his slave owner and him, mm-hmm. and that he severely beat his owner and yes. ran away. Yes. And uh, left, and then he went down... Uh, towards, uh, I think down towards Arkansas or something like that. Um, and he stayed hidden until the 13th Amendment was passed. So once the 13th Amendment was passed, well done, well done. boom, freedom. Um, like it's that simple. <laughs> Coming back into town, <laughs> swinging your dick. What you um, gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. So, so after uh, the Civil War ended and the 13th Amendment was passed, he was then declared a free man. Uh, he became the first ever. Uh, black U.S. Deputy Marshal uh, cool. for Arkansas. He is credited with more than 3,000 felony arrests, <laughs> shot and killed 14 people in self-defense, and he is nice. also said to be one of the greatest detectives in American history. <laughs> uh, probably evident by the 3,000 arrests. Yeah, I'll um, do it. <laughs> not only that, but he was so gung-ho about the law, he even arrested his own son for murder. So... Ooh. That's where my story. Yeah, there's a comes there's a hook right there. Um, so for my director, I chose Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight. Nice. Uh, my cast, I have four characters. I have Bass Reeves, uh, who I actually cast Michael Ely. Now, Michael Ely. So you would know, know him. Uh, he was in that movie The Intruder recently. He's been mm. in a lot of TV. Uh, he's very very good looking dude. Um, <laughs> I cast him specifically. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but it was one of my favorite shows, The Following with Kevin Bacon. Oh, is that um, and uh, James Purefoy is like yes. the professor serial killer? Yes. Yeah, I think I watched like one season of that. Yeah. So Michael, Ely, there were three seasons of uh, the following. It got canceled after season three. Uh, Michael Ely uh, is only in season three, mm-hmm. but his character is so serious and dangerous mm-hmm. that I just I loved his portrayal in that in that show. Uh, so I chose him as Bass Reeves for me. Um, for the slave owner, I chose Matthew McConaughey. Oh, gosh. Now, <laughs> oh, no. I wanted. Um, he just did Free State of Jones. Don't make him a slip. I just, I don't know why, but I, for some reason, really want to see the two of them act. And I also really want to see that card game scene where, like, something goes wrong. I don't know what it is yet, but something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And they have that altercation. And I just want to see, like, this gruesome fight. Like, there was a moment in 12 Years a Slave. There was a lot of moments in 12 Years a Slave. But there was the moment in 12 Years a Slave where wasn't he fighting someone in the house and, like, strangling them or something like that. It was, like, a really silent, quiet moment. There was, like, no orchestration. 
I can't remember. The I, only thing that comes to mind for me in that regard. Fast Bender, right? Yeah, the only one I remember offhand is when uh, uh, Chiwetel's character is still uh, owned by Benedict Cumberbatch, mm. and he beats up Paul Dano next to a gazebo. Yes, that's what I remember, and Paul that, Dano just screeching the whole time. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I want something similar to that. No orchestration, mm-hmm. no dialogue, just like screams and like strangulation. Similar kind of. <laughs> we're bringing it back to Jeremy Davies. Similar to Saving Private Ryan <laughs> when Adam Goldberg's character is being stabbed by the Nazi. Uh, it's very hard to watch. Yeah, I, I want something like that. Um, I also cast his wife, Nellie. Uh, I cast Nicole Bahari, who is from 42. She played Jackie Robinson. Right. Wife. She played uh, uh, Rachel um, Robinson. Yes, yeah. She played Rachel. Uh, I was thinking about who to cast. I obviously went to Lapido immediately. <laughs> of course. Um, and I, I wanted to stay away from the 12 Years a Slave cast because I was almost going to use Steve McQueen as my director as well. And I was like, no, <laughs> let me. He's just good. I know, he's, he's just so good. very good. <laughs> I was just like, let me steer clear. Let me try and get like a fresh, fresh face for this mm-hmm. one. Um, and she hasn't done a crazy amount of stuff. Um, okay. So I would, I would really like to see her kind of in, like, a Western drama. Yeah. Um, I also cast Bass Reeves' son. Now, age-wise, it probably doesn't make sense, so I would I would probably, throughout the biopic, obviously age Michael Ely, because mm-hmm. he's about 46. For his son, I cast uh, another Black Panther alum, Daniel Kalua. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was originally actually going to use Kalua as Bass Reeves, but I was like, he's only 29 I, he's only twenty nine. He's only twenty nine. Wow! Yeah. Damn. Because um, I was I was doing some age lookups as well. <laughs> um, but I was like I was I originally like even in my notebook his name is there and I scratched it out. Uh, but I was like no I'm gonna go a little bit older for that. That way I can use him as the son. That's cool. Because um, I would really like to see the moment where like the son's arrested for murder and he turns around and it's like his dad being the one arresting him. That's so my yeah so my my plot for the film is uh, pretty much a biopic um, starting with him. Uh, probably starting with the Civil War. So he's being dragged into the war by his mm-hmm. slave owner. Um, pretty soon in, 20 minutes or so, he has the altercation. He gets free. He um, uh, he he runs away and kind of hides till mm-hmm. the 13th Amendment is passed. So the rest of the movie's taking place a little bit after 1865, probably like 1870 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do kind of want to do like a detective western. Like, because they hmm. in, in the articles I was reading on Wikipedia and in, in the article we're going to link as well, they they really make a point to say he was like one of the best detectives. Like he was a fantastic hmm. detective. I wouldn't mind seeing like a noir detective western. Um, no, that intrigues me. Yeah, yeah. Because there's kind of a mix there where I, I I would probably keep it to one crime. Maybe no, I would probably have to do two because I wouldn't do the whole thing as he's trying to figure out who murdered the person. It turns out to be his son. I feel like that's too hmm. much. Yeah. I feel like the something could actually come at the end. Um, kind of like a cap-off of Act hmm. 3. Uh, I want to do something along the lines of him, you know, uh, being a detective and following a crime scene and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the West. Now, uh, since I, I believe, I can't remember if it was Arkansas he ended up in. I'd have to look it up. But wherever he ended up, that's where obviously the, the most of the movie would take place. But that's pretty much the idea that I have. Hmm. Um, I also could not think of any titles because you're right. Western titles are really hard to uh, come up with. We'll get to something by the end. Um, 
So here, here's something I'm thinking, and I do like the idea of, of seeing what actual crime solving is like in that period. Like yeah. I remember, it's years ago now, but they were going to do, it wound up becoming the Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie, which was not very good. Oh, yeah, uh, that was also, um, uh, that was a... Uh, Ridley Scott. Yes, thank you. But the original idea for that movie was, it was going to be called Nottingham, and the protagonist of it was going to be the sheriff of Nottingham, and it was going to be, like, showing you the way they actually solved crimes back then, and, like... That's, Robin Hood be a secondary <laughs> character who's kind of a douche, yeah. who just has a really good reputation and <laughs> things like that. Uh, which I was, I liked the idea of like, hmm, how do you solve crimes without, you know, the things that we have at our advantage mm-hmm. in the twentieth or twenty first century? So I'm thinking probably not a full life story for yeah. Bass in this case, which would mean having to drop the sun angle. But here, okay. here's here's a pitch that I have. Is that we start the movie at a, a major Confederate uh, battle? Okay. Um, I'm not sure what year you said he escaped. Uh, it um, didn't say what year. Um, I think it was probably 1865. In 65, it could it could be in, during the siege of Richmond. Somewhere uh, around there, somewhere on Appomattox. Is, yeah, uh, Appomattox immediately following that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the city besieged by the Union Army and being shelled and. Mm-hmm. And have it be this chaotic thing. Maybe we start like right in the middle of that um, as this set piece, uh, and and uh, yes, part of just some sort of trench normalcy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's that game, that poker game going on, and we have that whole thing where he strangles his master and runs. Yeah, and have it be kind of an escape from that battlefield. Maybe as the city is actually falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, having to navigate that when, like, he's, he's you know he doesn't have any other clothes because yeah. he's a slave, so he's trying to escape the city in a Confederate uniform, essentially. Yep. Uh, and and have it be him eventually getting to Arkansas and lying low and getting to know people in this town. And that's where some of our character development comes from while he's lying low until, there it is, the amendment is passed. Uh, and he, like, decides yeah. he's going to do something. And he, he, yeah, that's a, a huge piece of confidence. And he kind of makes his bones as uh, not even being the deputy marshal yet. Like, maybe this is what earns in it. But we, yeah. we have the movie be trying to solve a major crime. Yeah. And then that's, that's the majority of the film. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe the end could be him being uh, uh, offered deputy marshal. Yeah, get the start. The, the end of the film. Yeah. So I think, um, I think a, a slice of the life as opposed to a full biopic. Would oh be, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, would be a good way to go. Yeah, biopic probably. Uh, I probably shouldn't use that that term because I didn't mm-hmm. expect to do his entire life. I wasn't doing early life and yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up a slave and stuff. I wanted to start it in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good slice of like you said, a slice of his life. Because um, with a lot of our, our Civil War media, usually what we see battle-wise is, you know, two opposing columns of guys in open fields in, yep. like, Pennsylvania and Virginia shooting at each yeah, other. Yeah, but, yeah. like, there was a lot of trench combat. There was a lot of urban combat that mm-hmm. you usually don't see in these things. And I think that would be a cool way to start the movie. And it's especially, like you know what I, I see for that, that beginning scene? Um, I see a Civil War version of the scene from Fury mm-hmm. when they're in the house eating the food. And John Bernthal comes in, and, mm-hmm. and they're all sitting there. Oh yeah, the the tension of that scene, mm-hmm. I think, is is something we want to kind of apply to the poker game. Yes. which I'm thinking that's like a, that's going to be like a solid ten minutes. That's you know that's that's exactly it. I see yeah. like a fifteen minute, twenty minute opener. I see uh, Hans Landa speaking to 
the Frenchman yeah. uh, in his house during Inglorious Bastards as the opening scene. Or the or same movie that being down in the tavern uh, yeah. with, with all the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, just use yeah. it as an act. Like yeah. that, can, that can be one act. That whole first part, mm. 20 minutes of them playing this poker game. Like, yeah, down in the tavern. Yeah. Just having that dialogue and stuff. It can be we three can... or four people. Maybe one of them gets up to leave. Yeah. Just and just torrents of abuse being hurled at, at Bass, especially by his master, as the almost like the the Hitler in the bunker kind of thing of yeah. like you know it's starting to get to them that this is this is it this is where they lose. You know what I you know what I say I see I see let's say two slave owners and, and two slaves Bass being one of them. Mm-hmm. The other slave owner maybe is a little drunk goes outside to pee and. That's when Bass like reaches over the table and starts strangling him, and the other slave doesn't help, but he just sits there and doesn't say yeah. a thing and just lets it happen. I can I can kind of see it happening in my head, like right as a another bombardment stops and we're sort of building to it, and you get that a close shot of Bass's eyes. You hear the first cannonball sort yeah. of whistling, and then the boom and all this noise is when he finally just like he makes his break. Yep, I can, he can, I can see it cinematically. He, yeah, he can end up taking the money, which might help him on his uh, on his flee. Although, again, <laughs> yeah. he's still wearing. Hopefully, it's clothes. gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we would have to find a way to once he leaves, put him in. Because uh... w- would he be wearing a Confederate soldier's outfit as a slave? Um, yeah, uh, there were. I, I don't. Yeah, I think it definitely happened. I do remember reading that there were were plans in, on a large scale to start arming the slaves. Uh, for the defense of the South, that's so and insane. I, I, yeah, I believe they went they went through with it, and this, cause, yeah. especially because they had to start countermanding the the Union thing of like, well, you know, you can you can join up with us, yeah, uh, and, and serve and <laughs> wait and earn earn and your freedom. Free? Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, <laughs> let's join that side, guys. It was it, yeah, it was a weird moral uh, gray area. Where they were like, well, we got to counteract this, and they're starting to draw on uh, an untapped military resource yeah. here of the, of the huge black population <laughs> of the South and. You know, uh, maybe making a better case almost of like, because technically the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation was still dealing with property. Yeah. It's like, this isn't your property anymore now. This is the property of Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to set them free once they're our property, but they're our property. We're going to make, we're going to buy that property and then we're going to, we're going to make it free property. And you can still see these stuffy plantation owners being like. Well, who would you rather own you, uh, 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 you know, Billy Bill, Bill Yank or, or, or Mrs. Kensington and I here? I just that notion of like, well, we've always treated them well. They always yeah. do that in movies yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, but this is a nice place to live. Yeah. They, get, they get enough to eat. They you get live on a plantation. Yeah. We're four oh, stories. We only work eight hours a day. They're fine. <laughs> it's nice here. Yeah. It's Oh, God, there was this horrifying uh, thing. People were going around taking screen caps of like Yelp reviews of plantation tours. In the South, where people were like, all they would do was talk about the slaves and how bad it was for the slaves. Oh, I no. wanted to hear about, like, you know, what was dinner like in the plantation oh, house? And I wanted no. a nice tour. And I'm like, what do you, where do you think you are? <laughs> what, what did yeah. you expect? This is the American version of the Holocaust. I went to the World War II Museum, yeah. and all they talked about was the Nazis in America. <laughs> <laughs> I hate people. I truly hate people. They're the worst yeah. part of life. People, those yeah. bastards. So obviously, I'm 100 percent on board with doing this this movie about bass. Okay. Now. Uh, so uh, from from our pitch here, are we uh, not not to sound harsh? Are we scrapping mm. your idea? Um, you want to take yeah, cause, cause, yeah, because there's just there's more of a story to go off with bass there, and I like we we do we do have fun doing uh, uh, people's people's lives. Yeah. 
in the stories. Um, and we've also done a really good job lately in the last couple episodes of combining our stories. Hooray us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, the elements of it can be folded in. Like if he's trying to prove his bones as a lawman, he could be working with more experienced people. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we put in another once he's uh once he's a free yeah. man, we put in another maybe um mentor figure. Yeah, like we can have again like the Danny Glover type be you know the always in the movies the the older black man is like somebody who was freed or or something in the past. I forgot like for him to be someone who was born free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to provide that juxtaposition because it's always the older guy who's like, well, he used to be a slave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, you can almost, you can almost fold, fold the plots in together like that. Like he he goes off with a a, a bounty hunter and and someone else and and makes his bones that way. Yeah, and yeah. then maybe we kind of take the the Winston Duke idea you had, not for Bass, but maybe that's the the crime they are uh, mm-hmm. trying to solve. Someone who was beaten, left for dead. Oh yeah, we can use we can use that Confederate gang angle yeah. I had of of the. I think there was a name for these guys too who were, who kept fighting. Probably. Um, there's also this group called the Confederate Home Guard uh, that would ride around uh, st- uh, Confederate-controlled states, yeah. and they'd be, like, looking for deserters and, like, you know, hey, hey, we're here protecting the home front while, while our boys are off fighting the Union. I'm like, <laughs> why aren't you there, asshole? <laughs> I think that was part of the plot of the movie Cold Mountain, too, is the, is the Home Guard oh, tracking down deserters. Uh, Ray Winston. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that could be, that could be the notion of it. If it's this, the, these, this band of Confederate home guard and, and, and deserters and, and, and people who just lost, yeah. uh, and, who, who have swept through this region and rustled cattle. And, yeah. And they're just trying yeah. to find and locate those men. Yeah. Um, it, it, which becomes kind of a, a tracking story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tracking them in the, in the Midwest frontier. Yeah. We can have the the marshal of the territory put up a bounty on these on these guys who are rustling cattle and you know, lost cause, the lost cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dudes, and 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 bass tracking them down is just what makes him known. It's like that's a thoroughly reliable lawman right there. He's yeah. always going. He starts with small things and then just works his way up to that, and then he yeah. gets his, he gets a star. I like it. Mm-hmm. So the end of the movie is him getting his star. So we'll we'll keep in two. So okay, so yeah, the the idea we're gonna go with is that it's this group of Confederates kind of rushing through towns, robbing, killing, and uh, mm-hmm. just brutally maiming uh, black yeah. Americans. And it, it has this vibe of like the South will rise again, and like you know you gotta you gotta put your contributions into the cause, and yeah. they're, they're just extorting the local farmers and stuff. And somebody's got to handle this, and there's yeah. not enough there's not enough law in the Arkansas. Uh, state yet. So now, okay, so if we're going to go that route, is Michael Ely too old to play bass? How old is he? He's 46. Hmm, interesting. Um, now, uh, math time. Bass Reeves was born in 38. Mm-hmm. So by 65, he was about uh, 28. <laughs> is that right? I don't know math. You know this. <laughs> math for me. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, no, it's not funny. It's not funny. Give me the numbers again. 38 to 48, 58, 68. Yeah, I was right. He was 28. No, wait. 38 to 65. Yeah, no. He was 28. <laughs> 27. Damn it. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> Okay. So oh, he's 27. I shouldn't be enjoying this. Um, um, so we might want to go with uh, Can go with Daniel? Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to go is with Daniel. Is it Kalua or Kalia? There's two uh, U's in it. That always threw me off. very much a chance I could be wrong yeah. on that. I always thought it was Kahlua, but mm. I just like the taste of it. 
So we'll go with Daniel. Uh, we'll keep. Uh, we'll go with Daniel and Danny because mm-hmm. we'll use Glover uh, as a, a, more, a man born into f- uh, freedom, and he's kind of his his yeah. mentor through. Now, how do they meet? So let's say the Thirteenth Amendment's passed. Yep, he's he's termed a free man. He finally he's, he's, we we I think we fade we fade to black from maybe a couple years from later. the from the poker game and his escape from like the fall of Richmond. Yeah. To into him maybe doing odd jobs or uh, working in a Smith shop or something in this Arkansas town, mm-hmm. and just keeping his head down. Yeah, maybe uh, some kind of inciting incident of like why people come to think of him as like a good detective or a good guy to find things or get things done. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe he um, he's making a, a delivery out to out to a homestead that's that's miles away from town. Mm-hmm. And he he comes across um, a young a young woman from town has run off with this guy who w- winds up being like a sort of a bandit chief of like him and like three other guys yeah uh, and she's not into it he sort of uh, accidentally becomes involved in this and winds up you know uh, uh, rescuing her from these guys who turned out to n- not be so great and taking her back to town and that was the mayor's daughter <laughs> and he becomes another, like that's the guy yeah that's the guy alright this is a, a guy you can come to uh, for certain kinds of we problems could, we could use him for things yeah. maybe just do like a a subtle montage of him doing a couple of those things. Yeah, something like that. just like he gets enough of a reputation where it's like he's a smart guy, he's yeah. a smart guy who can find. He's a finder of lost things. Yeah, um, uh, that and might then, be a title right there. Yeah, <laughs> the finder then, of lost things. Yeah, uh, um, and then through throughout that happening, uh, we hint a little bit at that Confederate gang. Yeah, uh, kind of rummaging through. Uh, it becomes South. a big problem. He winds up doing a job with our our, our bounty hunting duo. Uh, and getting known uh, and getting to know them and 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 doing a job with them and then the whole Confederate uh, gang thing happens and of course they're going to eventually win and, and take all these guys out in a yeah. huge fight on a mountain and there's going to be dynamite and shit and I think he's going to be smart enough to actually cause an avalanche and bury this gang. Okay, so we want to go yeah. up north. Yeah, we want to go. We're, up north we're tracking them. We're tracking them. Okay. Yeah, uh, bring it all the way up to like Montana or some shit. So, yeah, and uh, so they take all these guys out and they go back to this town in Arkansas. And they get their money uh, from done this, and uh, the 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 marshal of the territory slides one uh, one badge across the table, and like Lupita and and Danny Glover are like, now nah, we're we work a little more outside the law, and, and and Bass just takes it and is like, I'll be around. So I I have <laughs> I have I have one criticism. Mm-hmm. I think Danny Glover dies. That's not a criticism. That's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have one criticism on your idea. Yeah, I think Danny Glover should die. Oh, okay. Um, in that that final Bow. that final big shootout. Yeah, uh, he's got to uh, he's got to die. Maybe at some point we bring back the other slave from the poker game. Hmm. Maybe like throughout the it'd be a hell of a hell of a happenstance. Yeah, bring back the slave from that poker game, and he's. I don't know. He's someone maybe he helps again. Uh, so, like, yeah, Bass helps him with something since he's kind of repaying him since he mm. let Bass. Could be interesting, although I, I, I am intrigued more by less happenstance happening in films. And, like, it's an interesting moment that these two people had at the end of the war, but, you know, never Just seeing each it. other again is like, it can also be an interesting concept. That's true like, as well. Yeah, one we of the can... things I liked about early The Walking Dead is, like, when Rick runs into... What's his face and his son in like episode one and like they just intersect briefly. Yes. And then 
it seems like they're never going to see each other again, and eventually they bring that guy back in later seasons. Yeah. But I thought that was a great piece of, like, chaotic zombie yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, no, that's of, like, true. Running at each other and helping and then not having to see each other again. It's like, it's it's a better way to do chaos, and it feels yeah. less contrived. Yeah, no, that's true. I like that. You're right. Uh, so... We can have that just as the first act, and that's that's the part of it. Um, and then throughout the final shootout, so how are we? We'll we'll, we'll kill off Danny Glover. Uh, <laughs> how are we using Lupito? Who is she? What was her character idea in your in your pitch? She was she was just a bounty hunting team with with Danny Glover. Okay, so she's yeah. just a part of the team. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Um, is she a free slave as well? Hmm. Maybe she doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, we never yeah. find out. Yeah, like Danny Glover's pretty explicit about having been born free. Yeah, and uh, obviously Daniel's character would have you know just sort of earned his freedom, waited for his freedom. Yeah, uh, that was granted. I'm not sure. And like, what's a third option you can go with for Lupita? Hmm. Yeah, we have the man who is born free. We have the man who was granted freedom by the Thirteenth Amendment, and we have the woman who. What could we do for her? Um, hmm. Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, you think? Yeah, and that's a little bit more of where her distrust of the government comes from. Um, for, for her being treated like claimed property at first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's she, yeah. So she's a bounty hunter. Yeah. So she's yeah because she doesn't uh, yeah doesn't care for the way that the country's yeah. been run for a while. And that's obviously. why at the end of the movie, uh, Bass is, is the one who takes He's the, the badge. The one who takes it. Yeah, because he he feel. What do you think? He he feels he earned his freedom. I don't know if "earned" is the right word because hmm. I'm just trying to think of like why why is like what what's his reasoning for taking it. As opposed to the Lupito's uh, uh, reason for not taking it is different, very strong. Different things that happen throughout the movie, including him just you know murking his own uh, his his slave master and and maybe getting some other people out of the city. Wanting wanting to make thing. his it's own like, way. Yeah, he just he feels like he's always the one who has to be responsible for everybody. Okay, yeah, and he wants that responsibility like, for his own life. He's too. seen he's seen what happens when you know. The law, lesser uh, lesser enforcers of the law allow things that happen, like abuse of slaves mm-hmm. and being recruited for the army against your will. And right. he's yeah, like, yeah. well, if no one else is going to do this the right way, then he's got to do it. Yeah, because he's seen enough shit yeah. to know how it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And there are there are people in his, his town and such that actually believe in him and, and trust him to get these yeah. things done. I like this guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's a good dude. I like Lived a ass. long life, too. I think he died in... Uh, like 1903 or something Jeepers. like that. Let me see. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's some... 1910, some, actually. 1910, he wow. He lived to be 71. Wow. Good for you, Bass. So some some I wrote down a couple title ideas as we were going along and talking about this. Uh, Silver Star, mm. uh, Badge and Gun, Frontier, and Law Dog. Frontier. Frontier's too short. Um, I, I think I like Silver Star. Hmm. I like Silver Star, but let's 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 think a little bit longer. What can we? Uh, the badge. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't. I don't, don't want to use like Deputy Marshal or anything like that. Or mm. we are Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> no <this is> football. <laughs> um, Silver Star. Um, the badge of. Um. I don't know. I don't want to leave us with too much dead air either. 
It's the one thing about pitching things on the yeah. spot in a podcast. Frontier Justice. Uh, yeah, too generic, I think. Pretty, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, I think we just go with Silver Star. Okay. I can't think of anything else <laughs> off the top of my head. Woo! Um, so we'll I win by that. default. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you guys have any ideas for a title, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at wdygpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you can comment on Podbean, and I believe you can probably comment on the iTunes podcast as well. I think you can leave a review. Yeah. yeah. Please leave reviews. That'd be yeah. awesome. We appreciate that. Tell your friends. Um, any Anything else for this one you're thinking? No, I'm just, it's an intriguing story of, of this man's life, and it would be a, a fun way to explore post-war treatment of African-Americans. Yeah. That's why we definitely got to, I think, go with Barry Jenkins as the director. Okay. Uh, it's it's got to be a, a, a story put in the right hands. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is, a, yeah, it's a fascinating idea. Just the first guy in an entire state to be a black lawman. Yeah. It's a hell of a cool story. And a lot less contrived than certain other attempts at things yeah. of that And I, I like that we are doing the slice of life. Uh, it's just like it, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a Batman Begins story, you know. Yeah. It's, like the, it's the beginning. It's of the his, superhero like, origin story. Yeah, of Bass. exactly. Deputy Marshall. <laughs> and then who knows? Once we make it, maybe the last gets to do seven more sequels. <laughs> yeah, I could use a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll, I'll write seven of these yeah. if they want us to. All right, so that's that's our idea. Silver Star, the story of. America's first uh, first great black lawman. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys for listening very much. Uh, and please do if you if you can review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever mm-hmm. Podbean. Follow us on Podbean. Uh, download the episodes. Reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is What Do You Got. Um, our Gmail is again wdygpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, share the podcast with your friends and family. If you have anyone who's uh, big on film, if you have anyone who's big on history or wacky stories, um, send them our way. We would love to get some new stories. I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> What's my turn next? <laughs> and, of course, uh, I always encourage everybody when we do something based on history, especially a history that is not as, uh, very well known or has been whitewashed over, mm-hmm. use this as a springboard. Try and find cool stories of uh, things that have been swept under the carpet because it doesn't yeah. fit the usual Hollywood narrative. This is a great example of being able to find stories now that uh, the traditional mainstream audience but mm-hmm. has not been interested in. And there's yeah. a lot of cool things about that, especially with the the uh, the black experience in America post-Civil yeah. War. So maybe try and find things like that. It's, yeah. it's uh, important. Don't 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 get us wrong. We're, we're huge Marvel fans. We're huge DC fans. But the superhero genre has uh, kind of been a, uh, a huge, huge part of the industry for over a decade now. And mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to see more indie films and different takes yeah. on different styles and things like yeah. that. That's why I think a detective Western yeah. is... A lot of storytellers out there who need their shot. Yeah. So, yeah, on that uh, film school note, <laughs> I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 